Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? We've been gone for a while. Uh, we haven't recorded the regular political podcast for almost a month um, because we got burnt out on a lot of things, kind of got bored of politics. Uh, one of us got married. I won't say which of us, <laughs> but... <laughs> but I'm sure you could guess based on... <laughs> <laughs> the way we generally talk about the institution of marriage yeah. and things of so, that nature on this cast. Yeah. So, what's that like? Finally, not being a virgin anymore, Anthony. <laughs> you uh, no no longer yeah, sleeping no, in separate course, beds. Of course, I, you know, I was <laughs> saving myself for Christ. No, um, but <laughs> gotta just cut a hole in the sheet, and then you just do the yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. You know, we 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 did it in the backyard. We. Uh, just had basically our parents and but you and consummated the marriage in your backyard. <laughs> That's like like in a, I hope there was at least a tent involved. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, no, but you no, know the we, ceremony, so, the actual yeah, ceremony. No, it was it was, it was nice. You know, it wasn't it rained, so we had to get a tent. But it uh, you know it, it was nice. It uh, so there was a tent. <laughs> yes, yes, there, <laughs> there was a tent, you motherfucker. Um, Dying over here. This is great. Yeah. So, you know, obviously because of COVID, we couldn't have the, the you know, 100, 200 person, you know, thing we had planned. But uh, we'll see what happens next year. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll see. I'm not really super optimistic with the way that if the country is going, year. that there's going to yeah. be a, a next year. But um, yeah, so that's that's basically what I've been up to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, in our in our absence, I was going to do a solo episode um like just me talking right and yeah. i you I still some, might at some point I, I still probably will yeah i mean i definitely like it, the thing is like my default uh tone of voice when i did some some like test recordings uh is very like npr right like i'm way more chill right so i i like i need a, a, a hyper energetic east coast co-host to like get my energy up <laughs> otherwise i just sound like fucking sam cedar which is like that we don't i don't want to do that right yeah um so i had some material ready to go and i was going to record something last friday night uh after i went to this this rally that was downtown in uh, grant park and i got home and none of the things i was going to talk about were relevant anymore because uh you know we had a big riot here on on uh, may 30th and ever since then, things have kind of died down. And that riot was very much unorganized and just chaotic and people smashing windows and lighting cop cars on fire, but like no, no real violence involved, right? Yeah. And what happened Friday uh, was very different. It was very planned and very organized, I found out. Uh, and I wouldn't even call it a riot so much as a battle with the police. Um, so just want to kind of get into some of the details here because this 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 was not like nothing else I'd ever seen before, um, and and things since have been very much uh, the the tone and the energy of this summer has gotten amped up quite a bit in Chicago. So just started out with just, just a rally at uh, Buckingham Fountain, which is uh, not spewing water out of it at the moment, but it's still there. It's a huge centerpiece of Grant Park, which is a huge waterfront park in Chicago. And uh, right off the bat, I could tell, I mean, there was a good crowd there, but the, the, the type of people there looked a little bit different, right? Like, they had these huge banners they were getting ready, uh, but I noticed that they weren't just banners. They were basically, like, giant fortified shields. Like, imagine, <laughs> like, a, a PVC pipe frame behind the banner, right? Like, the kind of thing oh, you so could... Oh, could hold it up and... 
Right. The thing you could use uh, to shield yourself from a wall of police, right? That kind of yeah. thing. And they had like five of them, right? Hmm. And as they're doing the rally, they had a little, little wooden platform and they had people up there. And usually you hear people saying, you know, on a megaphone saying things like, you know, we're just going to have a peaceful march. And, you know, we're we're not going to confront the police. You know, we're not going to... Let's, give them, the, you know, let's get them to march with us. <laughs> don't, uh, don't, don't encourage any agitators. You know, this was not yeah. that. This, this, was, this was young black women up on the stage saying, you are not here to police anyone's actions. You're not here to police anyone's outrage. Whatever people choose to do, that's their prerogative. And we're not going to tell people what they can't do here. That's fucking and, awesome. <laughs> yeah. And at the very end of it, instead of saying, like, all right, we're going to have a good march, the last thing that the last speaker said was, let's go fuck it up. Right. <laughs> and and right, right then, I knew something was going to be different. Now, awesome. once everyone got out on the street, the march moved very, very slowly, which was a little bit strange, right? They were keeping it very tight, very compact. And there was a small group in front of the banners, but behind the banners, there's about 100 people packed in behind these, these huge fortified banners. And I noticed that like one of the things that I thought was really amazing was on the event page, there was a bunch of language about like, oh, be sure to bring umbrellas because it's going to be really hot and sunny. We don't want anyone getting too much sun or getting dehydrated, so bring your umbrellas. <laughs> And then I noticed that everyone that had an umbrella was right behind the banners, and all the umbrellas were black, all yep. of them, every single one. And I noticed that everybody under those umbrellas was wearing all black and was standing shoulder to shoulder, like no space between them whatsoever. And that's when I realized something was the the the, the language on the event page was very coded. <laughs> there was there were hidden messages <laughs> in the description of this, right? Yeah. So the march only goes for about ten blocks right down the middle of the park. You know, there's no businesses. There's just not, not really anyone to, to witness this, right? And after about 10 blocks, the march starts to turn. I thought it was going to turn and kind of head downtown. And instead, it turns and starts going back into the park. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of weird. Like, why would we... What's the point of that, you know? And we kind of start going down this hill. And there was like a sort of like a pedestrian walkway it's about maybe 20 feet wide cement right now on the other side there's another hill it starts going back up and the, but the top of the hill is obscured by these trees right so i'm trying to kind of like get out away from this march to see what where we're going going up this hill and i look and at the top of this hill this hill's maybe you know 50 60 feet above the bottom right and it's probably a couple hundred feet wide uh at the top there is a very large uh, statue wrapped in plastic with about 50 cops circling it. And I realized, <laughs> oh, we're going for the Christopher Columbus statue. And we're going with about a thousand people. <laughs> and I could tell this is going to be a real confrontation, right? Um, yeah. And the statue was wrapped up in plastic, obviously, because people have been vandalizing it for months, if not years, right? Uh, and the statue itself is, is slightly larger than life size, but it's on top of a podium, the cement podium that's about. Uh, maybe 20 feet high on its own. So it's it's big. It's really high up in the air. Um, and, of course, you know, we, we're not going to go into the details of why Christopher Columbus is terrible. Otherwise, you know, like if you don't know, you, why are you listening to us? Yeah, right? we've, but, we've talked about that, I think, um, pretty extensively on the show it, at times. In addition to the, to the statue, the podium itself has the, the face of Mussolini carved into it, holding this, <laughs> like, uh, this, this certain kind of axe that was associated with fascism. It was like a fascist symbol. 
and that's in, in carved into the podium. So even the podium itself is yeah. just like it's pretty subtly like on the on the side of the podium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking, okay, we're gonna surround this thing and we're gonna have a confrontation with the police, and it's gonna be a standoff for a while. No, the instant that we had fanned out and surrounded that this this uh, you know the statue, there's there's like a big cement uh, kind of flat area around it that's about maybe mm-hmm. 60 70 feet wide kind of like a semicircle wall around it too as soon as we had surrounded it everyone with umbrellas uh immediately starts just bombarding these cops with plastic water bottles and uh like full unopened uh, soda cans and i'm not talking like one or two i'm talking like every second there's 20 coming and it like i almost got hit with them there was so many being thrown and immediately the cops are overwhelmed and just like they <laughs> realize very quickly like this is they're like what the fuck is going on like they were completely taken by surprise by this because they i mean they must have brought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cans and everyone that hits the ground explodes yeah right um i start filming and there's a you know the the supervisor officers have white shirts on right and the regular officers have blue shirts on the supervisor is like they're just raining down on him and he managed to dodge a few of them, and all of a sudden, one of them just bam hits him in the back of the head, and <laughs> he goes fucking down. An unbelievable right? video. You you have it like pinned on your on your Twitter or anything like uh, that? It, it, it's not pinned. I have the whole thread of like all the photos I've been taking. Just look in, look in your media tab. You'll they'll, they'll find it. Yeah, it is like I almost <laughs> want to cut like Benny Hill music to it, you know? Because it's just it's literally so funny. I've I don't like to see anyone get injured, but this is so fucking funny because this huge, you know, just. You know, he's almost wider than he is tall. Chris fat. Farley sized. He was right. like Chris Farley sized cop. <laughs> shaped. Gets nailed in the back of the head and he spins around his face and he's like, ooh. <laughs> and he just goes down on all fours. You see him just completely get nut. And and I saw him get back up and he didn't have any blood on his head. He, you know, he was okay. Right. He was just really stunned. Right. So, you know. But you know, the the fact that he's on the ground now. They're like, okay, our supervisor's down. We're outnumbered. We're getting just fucking shit hammered with these cans. You know, these aren't like half full water, plastic water bottles. These are full unopened cans, right? And then the fireworks start raining down. Fucking, you know, I'm I'm just going to say this is Antifa because they're all dressed in black. This is the black block. These are anarchists, right? They start throwing fireworks into the middle of these cops. Just, you know, remember remember we played the video... (laughs) The audio, the, the person that threw the firework at the the cops in the CNN lobby. Oh, God, that was amazing, yeah. Amazing, right? Imagine that, but like a, a dozen of them being thrown at the cops all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so I, I started to move back because at this point there were so many bottles being thrown that like they it's were ricocheting. Yeah. Right, and, and they were whizzing by my head. So I started moving down, and now the cops from from the street are starting to come in, and, and really the trees kind of like, cut off their access so they only had a very small sidewalk uh kind of entrance way so everyone on bikes and there was about at least 200 people on bikes out of about a thousand people um start using their bikes to form a wall so the cops can't get through right which is exactly what the cops on bikes do too like they use their, their bikes as weapons and they also use them to, to you know bash people but also just as a partition and the, you know the cops hate it when we do that back to them. And it was it was like everyone who was there on a bike and everyone who wasn't involved in throwing these bottles like just instinctively knew to put up a perimeter. You know that part mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't planned. That was just instinctively like we've got to hold this space. We are we're not protesting. This is a direct action, right? 
And of course, the cops just went fu- immediately batons out, just start beating the shit out of people because they're trying to, you know, make a clear a space to get the supervisor out. And I got a second video where you can see all that happening, just all out chaos happening where there's fireworks exploding and people getting beaten with batons. And you can see this cop who got hit in the head. They're trying to drag him out. You know, he can, he can, you know, he's having trouble walking now. He's like so dazed still. Uh, and, and that video got shared almost 500 times. And I got like RT and CNN and like some Japanese news company. Like just, I got a ton of requests to, for them to use the, the clip. And I said yes to all of them. Cause I, it's it, to me, it's just like, I don't, I'm not going to make any money. They're not going to make any money. It's just people should see what really happens. And of course I got hundreds of, of mega trolls saying, you know, these aren't writers or these aren't protesters. These are writers. And I'm like, yeah, and <laughs> right, <laughs> and they're like, well, why don't yeah. you show the, the footage of people throwing cans and bottles? And I'm like, I uploaded that one first. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I I want people to see that too. Uh, and then people were like, oh, well, people were, um, you know, pe- police were beating people up before people threw the bottles. And I was like, no, that's not true. And you should give credit to the people who planned it because they, this was this was an offensive direct action against the police. You know, I I, I see people. We're like, how dare they throw pigs at the cops? I'm like, look, the protesters used less than lethal lethal force after the police disobeyed a direct order to disperse. So, <laughs> you know, they're going to use these less actually, than, less than lethal. Yeah. Well, I actually wonder. You know, it it seems like it the for the plan that's that seems like the the organizers had, and maybe I'm off base, but so I mean, obviously the ultimate goal is to topple the statue. I would think. Yeah. So it's possible because they didn't say, hey, we're going to the Columbus statue. Like you said, it was just an abrupt thing where they led the march there kind of unannounced. The cops didn't really have time to get like a big tactical team there. They just had their usual, you know, parade of fat fucks there, you know, kind of standing around. Do well, you think they're they, trying they, to disperse them, like from the statue to get to get to it, basically? By, oh, like, yeah. No. Shock we, and awing we, them, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So. When this was organized, this was organized by a group of, of uh, very young, when I say very young, I'm talking like 18, 19-year-old oh, wow. uh, black and brown activists called, uh, their name is um, uh, Good Kids Mad City. And they've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of organizing around uh, the homeless, feeding the homeless, <clears throat> getting uh, protective gear out to poor communities, um, uh, also uh, protesting against gang violence, which there's a ton of on the south side of Chicago. And everyone says, well, why don't you protest black on black violence? And it's like, well, these kids are, right? And they were the ones on the megaphone the whole time. They were they were the organizers, right? And they kept talking about their banners, you know, like, oh, we need to bring the banners up closer. We need to do this. We need to do that. So, uh, you know, the, everyone likes to say that, oh, the, the, you know, anarchists are just trying to hijack the Black Lives Matter movement to do, you know, rioting and protesting. That's... You know, just simply not true in this case. This was people, you know, loosely organizing around Black Lives Matter and the anarchists closely working together to pull off this incredible direct action, right? So they clearly knew that being that close to that statue that had been vandalized previously, that there would be a police presence there. And there was, like I said, there was about 40, which is way more than just would be randomly there, right? So they, they saw us coming. But they didn't have the reinforcements to hold that space, and they didn't expect to be bombarded by mm-hmm. hundreds of, of soda cans, you know, like the uh, half plastic, uh, you know, half empty water bottle, plastic water bottle. You can just bat that away with your hand. A full soda can that's not even opened yet, that's uh, like... That's like a rock almost. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. you know. And 
it w- it was just like you said, shock and awe. They were not prepared for that, and they're getting hit in the head. They're getting knocked down. There was actually in one of the videos I saw. There's one cop who must play softball or something because he caught three of the cans out of the air. Oh, wow. in his hand and, and threw him down. And then somebody threw a pole at him. He grabbed the pole out of the air and threw it down too. And I'm oh like, holy God. shit. I was impressed by that one cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should they should do more training like that. If they're gonna be... <laughs> so anyway, so after about the first three minutes, uh, th- that four, those 40 officers had to retreat. And at that point, we had that space. And then everyone in black uh, got ropes up around the statue and started trying yep. to pull it down. Now, a lot of these statues that get pulled down, they're not held down by anything other than their own weight, mm-hmm. right? And, and in that case, like there was, like I said, a good probably 70, 80, even 100 people that were dressed in all black. And I mean, like head to toe. And not even just they all wore black. It's like they all had the exact same outfit in black, right? Which I'd never seen that before either. Like th- this was, whoever planned this, this level of... of <laughs> You know, having everyone in the exact same outfit, not just, oh, hey, we're black. Uh, again, never seen anything it's like it. also great to avoid, you know, getting, you know, photograph like to, to avoid detection oh, yeah, basically yeah. after the But fact. usually black block is just whatever you end up bringing wearing black. This was yeah. 100 people who all had the exact same outfit on. You couldn't That's tell great. anyone apart. And they got the ropes up there, but unfortunately, this statue must have been bolted down, not just held in place by its own weight. Because they had, literally 100 people couldn't pull it down. And we Did had a good budget, 40. or was it like totally? No, 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 no. Wow. couldn't Damn. budge anything. And the thing I said, I was like, you know, what would have been a cool plan B would be just to light the tarp on fire around it, right? Because mm-hmm. even if the the wouldn't damage the bronze statue, just to see the whole thing and you know lit on fire would be such a great fucking image. And even my mother thought that was true. She was like, that would be <laughs> you're right, that would be a great image because uh, you know base? so uh, the base is just cement, you know. But the so base is they like. Must tw- have- they must have built the entire thing out of cement and then just bronze the like you know it's kind of one unit versus just the top being a bronze. I, you know I don't know. Usually it's it's like some re rod right, and then you can pull it off of that. But this must yeah. this was this was erected back in the nineteen thirties, and they probably bolted it down like fucking crazy back then. Um, but you know whatever, it's got to come down eventually. Yeah. Uh, so so we had forty five minutes of the police trying to break in, you know, and and still trying to push in at that one point. And finally, they, they got enough cops, and we're talking, you know, the cops that have the blue helmet and the face shield bat- batons, right? They got about 200 cops to surround the whole area and just started to push in on everybody. And, you know, again, we've got a perimeter of people on bikes that are just trying to hold that line. And they did for 45 minutes, which I think is amazing, uh, to hold back a police force of, of 12,000 people, right? They finally had got enough cops there that they could they could start just going wild and just anyone's bike they grabbed they stole none of those bikes came back right they they just threw them in a huge fucking pile but they started pushing through the crowd just tear gassing everybody everybody and you know i've never seen so many people get tear gassed before um you know obviously big action like this you've got tons of of volunteer medics you know field medics right there i couldn't Mm -hmm. find any they were they were all busy because just coming up out of this this you know, the, the hill is surrounded by like sort of a ravine and then it comes back up to another hill. Yeah. I had kind of moved around to the other side and hundreds of people got maced. Hundreds of people got beaten with batons. Right. But, but people were fighting back too. I saw at least half a dozen cops have to be carried out with their head bloody or, you know, huge bruise on their face or had just maced themselves 
you know, they're just spraying it back and forth and clearly spraying other cops in the process. Um, you know, cops having to be literally dragged to this. There was about a dozen ambulances. They're being dragged to these ambulances. I want to say like 18 cops had to go to the hospital. Right. So this was this was just like I said, not even a riot. This was a fucking battle with the police. Um, at one point, I uh, had to use my own water to start flushing people's eyes out. And, you know, the 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 temporary I mean, the burning is, is bad enough, but it causes temporary blindness at, at the same time. It like it, it's a combination of uh, dilating the capillaries in your eye and also like the the clear cells in front of your eye that cover it it causes them to to swell so the light doesn't come hmm. to your eye in a, in a straight direction Jesus. it starts to diffract so it makes everything blurry right and this poor girl like i was right next to her with water saying do you want water do you want water and she's she's looking right at me but she can't see me oh, wow. and so i i put my hand out put my hand on the back of her head so she knows i'm there and i just said tilt your head back and she did immediately and i start pouring water in her eyes but she's not opening her eyes so I'm like, I, I need you to open your eyes up. And as she, like, I could tell it hurts. I know how yeah. bad this must hurt. She opens her eyes, and just within a couple seconds, she shouts, oh, my God, I can see again. You know, oh, wow. so it was that quick that it made a difference. Damn. Yeah. And we didn't, ha- I mean, no, I know they say, like, poor milk. Milk is better to wash it out. No Some one had that. Some people say that's actually like, not true. Like, it, like that's a bit, like, I, I've, I, I know people generally do that, but they say the back... Like the bacteria in milk is really bad. Like it's just not a good, you know, b- beyond yeah. just the ethical concern. Like it's actually not a good way to flush your eyes. Like in, yeah. from from yeah. Uh, pepper spray. Well, l- let's let's do some research and maybe yeah, find well, out that like oat milk is better than <laughs> go vegan. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm seeing all these people coming out, police and uh, protesters, just completely beaten and. Bl- I saw this guy who actually I'd I'd ridden to this this protest and like. Going down Milwaukee Avenue, like I saw a bunch of other people on bikes that had signs that you know said defund the police. So I'm like, okay, we're all going to the same place, right? And there was one guy on the way there. I was behind the whole time. There was another guy who was only on the way there in front of me part of the time. But I saw him there, and he had this lump on his arm the size of a softball and blood just pouring down his arm. And I'm looking around for a medic, and there's no – I can't find any medics. They're all busy, right, with other people flushing their eyes and everything. And I, I said, hey, man, is your arm okay? And he's like – no, but I mean, I'll live like he's, you know, able-bodied guy, a little bit taller than me. And I talked to him for a little bit and then I, I kind of wanted to get further down where the police were coming out of this area and almost all the cops coming out didn't have a face mask on and their eyes are all red. They had gotten mace too, or uh, you know, pe- pepper sprayed, I should say. It's not actually yeah. mace, it's, it's OC. Uh, and I, I, I must've gotten too close because one of them shouts at me get the fuck out of here. And then it just goes into a full tilt run straight at me. And I'm standing facing him with my bike next to me facing him. And I quickly try to put my phone away and grab my bike and turn around. But as soon as a cop yells at you, get the fuck out of here. Eight other cops turn and start running at me too. And I'm like, Oh fuck, (laughs) they're all going to fucking attack me. And three of them got to me. And I, two of the three, their eyes were fucking blood red from being maced. So they're not only like they're they're mad about us, you know, resisting them and kicking their ass, but they maced themselves, which they must be embarrassed by. Yeah, extra furious and embarrassed. Though. And and here's this fucking protester who's photographing them getting their ass kicked. So they're doubly pissed at me, right? So the the one who actually hadn't been maced or didn't look like he'd been maced from his eyes is the one that actually put his hands on me and just slammed me to the ground, right? Like, I'm already moving away from them. 
complying with their order to get the fuck out of there. And they still assaulted me. They still fucking slammed me out of the ground. And I landed down on my side where I mentioned to you a couple, about a month ago, uh, I have like three fractured ribs right now. Yeah. And to get thrown down on that and, and have it not get like somehow it didn't get worse. It's a little bit more tender right now, but I was very lucky. And but I expected them to just pile on me and start beating me. There's video of people at this huge battle where the cops would just grab them, throw them to the ground and then just start hitting them with the baton while they're on the ground. They can't get up. They can't go anywhere like Rodney King style. Yeah, and then once one maniacs. starts. Yeah. Yeah. It's just once once the order is given to, to use whatever force is necessary, they don't care. Like if you're on the ground, and you can't run away. They'll keep beating you because you're not moving. And it's like you can't get up when you're being beaten with a fucking stick like that, let alone multiple police. And there was, there was people where it was just once one cop starts, the next one starts, the next one starts beating the same person. And I'm thinking they're going to do that to me. Like I'm on the ground. The bike's laying on top of me. I can't get up, um, you know, and I, I look up and there's this older black man, this, this elder black gentleman, not part of the protest. And he's just standing there and he says to the cops, just let him get up. Just let him get up and walk away. Just let him get up. Please let him get up. And they stopped, right? Wow. These cops just stopped in their tracks. And I'm like, holy fucking guardian angel. <laughs> like, I thought <laughs> at, the, at the very least they're going to arrest me. At the very least they're going to arrest me, if not beat me. And then you worse. look back and there was no black man. It was, <laughs> <laughs> no. it was different there. Yeah. Morgan Freeman just walked into the, into the fog. <laughs> no, I mean, and, you know, I don't think this guy saved my life, but he definitely saved my ass. Well, he saved you from getting an ass kicking for sure. You know? Yeah. And, and I, you know, once, once they arrest you, they're, probably not going to charge you with anything but they're going to hold you for a long time and then you're in their system and then it's a just it's it's the worst right 24 hours of being in any jail is the fucking worst especially if you're there for protesting they'll make it the the worst possible experience for protesting because you're defying them you know so i i'm i get up and i realize that like my my head like a pair of sunglasses on top of my head you know not on my eyes but on top of my Mm -hmm. head and i had a, a water bottle and they were gone and I'm like, well, I'm never getting those back because <laughs> they're going to have this whole area closed off for a while. And, you know, I, I start walking the other direction. I'm still kind of doing recon, just looking at people, looking for anyone else I can help. And it's just, you know, uh, at this point, they've pushed everyone out of the, the hill area, you know. And there's people that are just like limping home at this point. Um, the medics are overwhelmed. Uh, eventually, everyone kind of spilled back out into the street and became a march again. And uh, I, I, I'm just kind of watching, just kind of monitoring. At this point, I think my phone was dead, so I couldn't take any more photos or video or anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed at, at everything that happened. And, and you know, it sucks they didn't, didn't pull the thing down. But, you know, there's, there's no way to practice on it. There's no way to know for sure yeah. how it's fastened on there, especially when it's been wrapped up in a tarp for so long. You can't even kind of, like, you know get a drone up there to kind of peek at it or anything. <laughs> uh, and then the, this woman comes up to me, this older white woman, and with her is this younger black woman. And, you know, kind of the idea is that, you know, if, if you're white, use your privilege to kind of put yourself between the police and, and anyone of color and to, you know, take the greater risk. And this, this white woman says, you know, this, this uh, you know, she just lost her bike. The police stole like 70 bikes and, uh, I was asked um, by her to to go kind of do some recon and, and bike back up there and see if, you know, what the status of all those bikes was. 
And I said, well, look, they, they already, you know, attacked me and, you know, kicked, the, you know, kind of threw me to the ground and everything, but I'll, I'll go back there and get as close as I can. But, you know, I can't make any promises. And, and, uh, and I said, you know, stay right here so I can find you. And I, I went back up there and got pretty much right back to where I'd been thrown to the ground. And, and sure enough, there's my sunglasses and water bottles. So I put my sunglasses oh, wow. back, you know, grabbed them, <laughs> right? And I can see they're just building this bigger and bigger pile of bicycles. They're just grabbing everything they, they had thrown to the ground, had stolen from somebody, and they were just making this huge pile. And, of course, throwing the bikes down as hard as possible to damage them as much as they can. And I don't even know if it was the same cop. It might have been the exact same cop that fucking shoved me to the ground. Uh, he's throwing a bike on the pile and then looks and sees me pick up my water bottle. Right. So he knows I'm not a bystander at that point. He knows that I'm picking up my own stuff because you wouldn't just pick up some random person's water bottle. He knows it's got to be mine. And he's immediately comes running after me again, screaming, get the fuck out of here. You're going to you're going to come with us. And uh, so I, I ran out of there as quick as I can. But I, I turned and said, can people get their bikes back? And he says, no, they're evidence now. Now, they only arrested 12 people, but there's 70 bikes there, right? So most of the bikes they fucking stole weren't from people who were arrested or charged with anything, right? So what are the evidence of? Like like some vast conspiracy to, like, Mm -hmm. are they going to find pipe bombs inside? Like, no, they're just stealing the bikes because they know it's a huge inconvenience because all the people there don't drive cars, right? If they came on a bike, they need that bike. Right. So they're going to hold on to them probably for a few months in some warehouse and then not announce when people can come get them and then just throw them in a fucking landfill is what they'll do. Yep. You know, or or they intimidate people and make them think that if they contact the city to get it back, that they could be arrested for it. Right. So people are afraid to, to call to find out what the status of their bike is. Right. So there was a GoFundMe to, uh, you know, raise money to get new bikes for people that lost their bikes. But. I felt kind of bad because I went back and I found them and I, and I told them, you know, I, I got as close as I could. They threatened me again. And they said that, you know, the bikes are not coming back because they're evidence now. And I felt bad because like I got my stuff back purely because they had sent me on this mission <laughs> to go scope out <laughs> the bikes. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, dollar store pair of sunglasses and a free water bottle from some athletic club like that's not nearly as valuable as someone's bike. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was just fucking crazy. It was 45 minutes of of outright you know kicking and punching and shit blowing up and fucking people getting knocked in the head and bloodied uh and i've never seen anything like that and especially after two months of everything dying down after this may 30 riot to have everything flare back up so suddenly you know and not because the police had had instigated something but because the people were like no we're gonna take the statue down and we're gonna fucking move you out of this area police and we're gonna use you know, non-lethal force, and you can say, oh, that's violence. It's like, okay, well, it worked. <laughs> you, you know, you use non-life-threatening uh, use of force to, to move those police out, and they came back with much worse violence, but it's still, they were using, by and large, non-violent force, or not, I shouldn't say not, a non-lethal violent force, right? So there, there's, a, there's a level of, of, you know, I would say... It, it, Ultimately, the police are going to win, no matter what, once they have the numbers, right? But j- just to see them have to retreat, just to see them getting bombarded and, and being forced to give up that space and not being able to retake it for all, you know, better part of an hour, just felt so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, that means they're probably going to just 
crack fucking people's skulls next time there's there's any kind oh, of an event right like, twice well, as much res- as they were gonna sure sure but 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 force the conflict you know all this yeah. you know we're not no, gonna confront the police is bullshit like force them into a position where they show their ass where they show who they really truly are who they want to be what they want to be doing every minute is beating the shit out of protesters and they have been able to right um but in response to this the uh the president of the uh, chicago police union you know uh, we've played the new york city uh police union chief before and he's just yeah, on a necklace lunatic yeah. yeah, uh, they're, they're the worst. He wrote an open letter to Trump uh, calling on Trump to send in the same kind of paramilitary shock troopers that he sent to Portland, right? He wants them to come here to Chicago and true to form, uh, true to form, pardon me, uh, Trump is sending them in. These DHS goons uh, already have a huge mobile command center truck um, here in Chicago. So they're, they're you know, <laughs> and, and it's hilarious too because the mayor Mayor here, uh, Lori Lightfoot says, "We don't want that. We don't want that. We we don't like. We don't want Trump sending in these these kind of shock troopers." But Monday night, we had a protest in response to Trump sending these people in. And what does the mayor do? Closes off five blocks around Trump Tower to protect Trump's property. <laughs> right. So just complete disconnect between the reality and her her own statements there. Yeah, I mean that's to be expected out of Lightfoot. She's just pathetic, and you know. Never, never actually does. She does just like every other big city mayor. It's kind of uncanny how every fucking big city mayor just does performative bullshit. Like, you know, printing Black Lives Matter on on the street in front of Trump Tower. And then, you know, talking about why we need the cops and talking about not wanting to cop, cut cop budgets and assisting the cops right. and all the Yeah, the we talked that about they that when they, uh, they painted Black Lives Matter and then activists added Black Lives Matter equals defund the police and the mayor was like, uh, but uh, uh, that, that, I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, unreal. So. Fucking unreal. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah so the, these, crazy uh, fucking... These, uh, these kids from uh, uh, this group, Good Kids Mad City, are, are organizing like another um, action or march every couple of days. It's really amazing to, to see that kind of energy. Uh, and, and we actually, the, this, this March on Monday met up with a rally, right? And the, the guy that organized the March was actually like this old white guy who was, I would say suffering from Trump derangement syndrome where he just could not stop talking about Trump on the megaphone. Right. And like, yeah, we get it. He, he's awful, but like, this is a bigger systemic thing. And that March went around for about two, three hours and then met up with a rally that was happening at the, uh, the statue, which has now become a huge focal point, and there was a ton of police there. And the, the people there kind of formed like a semicircle, and these this young black women were on the megaphone, and then like the old white guy who had organized the march started like interrupted them on his own megaphone and started talking over them, and like the whole crowd took, like just shouted at this old idiot to shut the fuck up, <laughs> that like, you know, he, he needed to not interrupt young black women who were there. <laughs> like, just like, what, what the fuck would you be thinking at that moment that, you know... <laughs> it's your time to old white guy talk over the young black women. Like, come on. Fucking liberals are the worst. I swear to God. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of liberals, actually. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, he just kept going on and on about how we had to vote Trump out of office. Yeah. Like that's where we need to focus the energy. (laughs) Yeah. And yep. Yep. Like it's like, Oh, the police, Joe Biden's going to rein in the cops. Like, right. What world do you fucking live in, dude? Yeah, well, speaking of liberals uh, being 
just just absolutely atrocious. We stirred up a little controversy, and this is half the reason I you know I wanted to kind of come back for an episode this week because uh, some some dipshit really fucking you know pissed me off on on Twitter and on Facebook. I guess I don't know what his what his handle is on Facebook, but I'm sure he's one of the idiots uh, commenting under the post you made. Uh, so what do you, do you have the post? I, I have the post. If you don't have it, uh, the the John Lewis post. Yeah, you can read it. Okay. Yeah. No. So it just you know, innocuously. So John Lewis, of course, died uh, over the uh, over the week. Um, and you know, John Lewis, we've talked about on the show, I think, several times before. Obviously, you know, a civil rights icon, uh, marched with Dr. King, was one of the twelve speakers um, at the at the march on Washington, I believe, at one of, at one of the major civil rights speeches. He's you know, nobody's discounting his work during the civil rights movement in the sixties, you know, and, and the activism that he participated in. Uh, unfortunately, John Lewis, like a lot of other uh, older prominent black lawmakers in the CBC, the congressional black caucus um, became very comfortable in their positions and became very comfortable taking corporate money. And, you know, as a consequence are just as bad as all of the other shitty white neoliberal politicians that have been in DC for a thousand years and are you know held together by formaldehyde now um right. you know nancy pelosi etc cetera, well, et in in my problem you know the, the thing that i said actually you should you should read it because i don't have it in front yeah, of yeah I, I i have the actual so you just put you know pretty pretty innocuous uh john lewis spent the last years of his life lying to make sure service workers will never get health care fuck him rest in piss so yeah, this, this, uh, you know, it, a lot of people like this post, but also a lot of people, and I, I, I still will never understand why people who like our page, uh, like, like the types that like the, the, you know, the, the, the amount of just like general fucking liberals that like our page, maybe it's just because of the name and they don't actually, you know, do any kind of further digging or research into anything. Yeah, or people who do like it, share it into their own timeline. And then people who maybe don't follow us, see it. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, people were like, well, where's your proof? It's like, uh, Google it. I mean, he, he flat out said that, you know, nothing is free. Therefore we shouldn't have universal single payer Medicare for all. Right. That, that was his reason. Well, nothing's free. It's like, yes, we know you fucking fund it through taxation. Like you do anything else. Like you do the roads, like you do the fire part department. So, you know, what do people actually know John Lewis for? What do they call him a civil rights icon for? It was basically because he got beat up. And there's a bunch of photos of him getting beat up by the police, right? And on Friday, a bunch of people got beat up, right? And none of them could go to the hospital the way the police could. The police have health care, right? There was an 18-year-old yeah. girl with uh, Good Kids Mad City who got her fucking all of her top front teeth punched out by the police. There's a video of it. He just sucker punches her right in the mouth and knocks her front teeth out. And she doesn't have health care. They had to go fund me money to, to get her teeth fixed, right? So John Lewis doesn't want that young girl to be able to go see a doctor for free. He wanted that girl who got her teeth punched out to have to use a gun, GoFundMe page to get her teeth fixed because the police did to her exactly what they did to him. So to me, that kind of person does not deserve my respect, does not deserve anyone's respect. That is not a civil rights icon that doesn't want me and 30 million other Americans to be able to go to the doctor. No, and look, and it's not even just that. I mean, he's been, he's just been shitty, you know, the last, you know, decade, two decades plus. I mean, he, 
is uh, one of the most uh, reliable votes for, you know, the super Zionist uh, policies that we have towards Israel and Palestine. He's, he's, you know, uh, openly hostile towards Palestine. He's, it's just amazing to me. These, these, these just moral, modern moral tests that all of, almost all of the Democrats seem to fail. It's like, you know what, if you can't meet that moral, uh, moment, then you don't deserve my fucking respect. Like I can, I can respect somebody for things that they've done in their past and just say, man, what the, like, you know, like Bernie Sanders, great example. You know, I, I love what Bernie did for bringing, you know, leftist, uh, policies and policy discussions into the mainstream. I think it's fucking embarrassing how he's debasing himself, trying to tell us to vote for a fucking rapist, right winger like Joe Biden. And I'm going to keep saying that every time we, you know, talk about him. And, and, you know, we've talked on the show about how we, we just feel like divorced from that whole idea of Bert. Like, it's just, it's, 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 it's just sad. It's, it's like, and I'm not saying fuck, Bert, you know, for, fuck Bernie forever. You know, I still, again, uh, appreciate what he did, but it's like, you are not immune from criticism and you, nor should you be shielded from criticism because of something great or, you know, and what are wonderful that you did earlier in your life. Like you were to be judged by the sum total of your, your life's work, especially when you're a fucking politician and a public figure. Right. Well, you, you know, what a real civil rights icon said was that we should judge people by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. And apparently if we judge John Lewis by the content of his character, liberals lose their fucking minds. Now I, I do want to revisit, what he said about his own beating by the police, uh, just to give you an idea about how bad he turns, he tweeted out on uh, July 8th, 2016, I was beaten bloody by police officers, but I never hated them. I said, thank you for your service. Yep. Yep. Rest in piss, John Lewis. Rest (laughs) in piss. You don't thank the (sighs) oppressor. You don't ever thank your oppressor, right? That it, the, the, what, what kind of fucking Stockholm Syndrome, Uncle Tom bullshit is thank you for your service. Thank you for beating me and oppressing me and shooting George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Thank you for your service. Fuck John Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 you would think that's not controversial, but some dipshit apparently was just, you know, not only like tweeting me about it, but like tweeting other people who weren't even like taught, like just like trying to like spread the fucking screen cap of it around as if we're deleted, as if we deleted it and trying to hide it. We didn't delete it, motherfucker. It's still on the tweet on the Facebook. We still, you know, we still, it's, it is still on uh, the Facebook. It's still an opinion that we, that we, you know, that yeah. we agree on. It, it got um, 244 likes and, People were like, well, where's your proof of anything? And I started posting receipts. And then people started deleting their own comments because they looked stupid <laughs> after realizing how fucking terrible he was. Right. So like, OK, you got beat up by the police on camera back in the 60s. I I got beat up on the by the police on Friday. Right. Like I, I watched a bunch of other people got be, getting beat up by the police. So that's not special. Right. It's what you do with your legacy. His legacy is not going to be getting beat up by the police. His legacy is going to be fighting to prevent 30 million Americans from being able to go to the doctor. That is John Lewis's legacy. Yeah. And in the last two election cycles, he endorsed Hillary Clinton during the primaries, somebody who uh, called black people super predators and openly opposes, you know, a bunch of policies that you think somebody like John Lewis would would support. 
And Joe Biden, who is one of the most racist fucking politicians that I think the Democrats have ever run, you know, even going all the way back to the days of segregation, uh, he actually openly supported fucking segregation in the 70s and didn't, you know, oppose busing. Like, this is the guy that John Lewis, civil rights icon, is going to tell us to fucking vote for? Like. Give me a fucking break, you know? <clears throat> All right. Well, we, we made our, but, yeah. our, our uh, opinion again, about John Lewis yeah. clear. Um, God, but, who you know, else I do, do, we, real... do we hate that's uh, a terrible <laughs> Well, no, real, real quick, oh, I sure. want to mention, you know, we did we did lose uh, one of the good ones this week. Uh, really, tragically and suddenly and uh, crazily, uh, you know, Michael Brooks, host of the Michael Brooks show, uh, I guess frequent co-host on... Uh, Sam Cedar's show. I don't know if he's a co-host or a guest, but whatever he is. But uh, you know, he he died suddenly, apparently, of a blood clot in his throat, which is uh, crazy. I don't even know how that. I don't know if that's you know just from talking so much, like being a talk show. Like I, I, I again, not a doctor, but uh, you know, really just shitty and tragic. And uh, he was. He's not somebody whose show I you know I'm not gonna pretend like I was like listening to every show he did, but. You know, every time I would like watch his show or listen to the podcast, uh, yeah, I, I always enjoyed him. He's 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 funny and he's you know he's actually left. He's not even though he's on Sam Cedar. He was on Sam Cedar's show. He's not like one of those types. Like he's you know he's very much uh, an actual leftist, and he was always uh, keenly aware of and trying to bring focus to uh, global issues and and you know talking about the global south and you know uh left-wing movements and you know in latin america and things like that he uh would you know kind of befriended lula i think uh later in his you know uh later in his life i guess uh weird to say but he uh and he actually did go and interview him in person once he was released from prison uh and lula actually posted a really nice uh kind of like you know letter tweet whatever about him um, so, you know, it, it just, yeah, it just sucks. And I know I'm sure a lot of people that listen to us, listen to him too. So I actually uh, never heard of him before. So I, I was confused at first. I was like, I thought, yeah, I thought you were talking about David Brooks and I'm like yeah. left wing David Brooks. No, no. Right wing should have one of the worst uh, people. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I wasn't familiar, but, uh, I'm, I'm sure he will be missed. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> so, and then of course, Michael Tracy had to tweet something stupid. So somebody posted out oh, the wrong Michael died. <laughs> <laughs> with a thing under his, <laughs> under his thing. Uh, or the oh. wrong Michael lived, whatever it was, but it was so that gave me a little bit of a chuckle That's because good. Michael Tracy That's is good. just fucking atrocious. But the worst. Uh yeah. Total so um yeah, I, I, I think we'll I, I might uh skip the Barry Weiss thing for and do that when I do my, my solo uh episode, but I did want to talk Speaking about Michael Tracy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> another terrible grifting shit lib. Um uh, so I I have always um, just I've I've never seen it. I just kind of like the zeitgeist around it has always made me know it's terrible. But I've always hated Hamilton, and thanks to Disney Plus finally putting out a a, a film version of it, I've it's now been confirmed. You know, I've gone from just like this vague inkling that Hamilton was bad to uh, now being uh, full throatedly saying fuck that CIA piece of shit, Lin Manuel Miranda. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm not alone in thinking this. Um, there was an article written all the way back in 2016 that kind of was recirculated recently uh, as part of the backlash against Hamilton now being released to the public. 
that I wanted to read from, and this goes on a little, it's a very long article. I'm not going to read, obviously, the whole thing, but I want to read a, uh, some good chunks to it just to contextualize why it is so bad, right? And it's not just the zeitgeist. We'll get into kind of more of the details here. Um, but I'm just, so I just want to jump into this, this article. I don't have the, uh, uh, the, the author's name here, but the title of the article was, uh, It Should Worry You That So Many People in Power Like Hamilton. That was the title. And some of this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, and other of it is, is very poignant. So I'm just going to start reading. Um, uh, there's something revealing about the disjunction between Hamilton's popularity in the world of online media and Hamilton's popularity in the world of actual human persons. After all, here we have a cultural product whose appeal essentially consists of a broad coalition of the worst people in America. New York Times writers, 15-year-olds who aspire to answer the phone in Chuck Schumer's office, people who want to get in... <laughs> Right. People who want to get into steampunk but have a copper sensitivity, I, I get, I'm not exactly sure what that is referencing to, uh, and wonks. So I'm, I'm guessing policy wonks is what they mean by that. Um, yet because a large fraction of these people are elite tastemakers, Hamilton becomes a, to a topic of disproportionate interest discussed at unendurable length in the New Yorker slate in New York Times magazine yet totally inaccessible to anyone besides the writers and members of those close social networks. When the New Yorker writes about a book that nobody in America wants to read, at least they could theoretically go out and purchase it. But Hamilton theater-going theater is solely the province of Hamilton think piece writers, because at the time this was written, tickets were like $1,200 to go see it, right? So yeah. you're not going to go see it unless you're rich. Um, but Hamilton they're going is solely the province of Hamilton think piece writers. The endless swirl of online Hamilton buzz shows the comical extreme of cultural insularity in the New York and DC media. The cultural event of our time is totally unknown to nearly all who live in our time. Given that Hamilton is essentially Captain Dan with an American studies minor, one might wonder how it became so inordinately adorned by the blathering class. How can a $10 million 8th grade U.S. history skit become the great work of art of the 21st century, as the New Yorker's Adam Gottnick says in his circle have been calling it? To judge from the reviews, most of the appeal seems to rest with the forced diversity of its cast and the novelty concept of a hip-hop musical. Those who write about Hamilton often dwell primarily on its, quote, groundbreaking use of its, quote, bold choice to cast an ensemblage of black, Asian, and Latino actors as the founding fathers. Indeed, Hamilton exists more as a corporate HR department's wet dream than it does as a biographical work. Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda says he did this intentionally to make the cast, quote, look like America today, and that having black actors play the roles, quote, allows you to leave whatever cultural baggage you have about the founding, founding fathers at the door. <laughs> cultural baggage, baggage. Cultural baggage, like they own yeah. slaves. <laughs> so the, the article continues here. Cultural baggage is an odd way of describing, quote, feeling discomfort at warm portrayals of slave owners. Thus, Hamilton's... <coughs> pardon me. Thus, Hamilton's superficial diversity lets its almost entirely white audience feel good about watching it. No guilt for seeing dead white men in a positive light required. Now, the New York Times can delight... No, sorry. Now, the New York Times can delight in the novel incongruousness of, quote, a Thomas Jefferson who swaggers like the Times Morris Day, sings like Cab Calloway, and draws like a dirty South Trap rapper, end quote. Indeed, it is, does take some getting used to because the actual Thomas Jefferson raped slaves. 
Yeah. <sighs> All right. More from the New York so, Times. Oh, yeah. It continues. Sorry. Uh, yeah, quote, casting black and Latino actors as the founding fathers effectively writes non-white people into the story in ways that audiences have powerfully responded to, said the New York Times. Uh, but fixing history makes it seem less objectionable, objectionable than it actually was. We might call it kind of, well, blackwashing, making something that was heinous seem somehow palatable by retroactively injecting diversity into it. Uh, Miranda found that by trying to write a song about his main character's attitudes towards slavery, he ran into the inconvenient fact that all of them willfully tolerated or participated in it. <laughs> that made it difficult to square with the upbeat portrayals he was going for, and so slavery had to go. Besides, dwelling on it could, quote, bring the show to a halt, end quote. And as cast member Christopher jo Jackson, who plays George Washington, notes, quote, the Broadway audience doesn't like to be preached to. <laughs> who would want um, to spoil the fun? <laughs> right. So instead, Hamilton's Hamilton is what Slate called simply lovable, a product of the play's humanizing focus on Hamilton's vulnerabilities and ambitions, end quote. The play simply avoids depicting his unabashed elitism and more repellent personal characteristics, and in a brief reference makes... Uh, and in the brief references that are made to slavery, the play even generously portrays Hamilton as far more committed to the cause of freedom than he actually was. In this way, Hamilton carefully makes sure its audience is neither challenged nor discomforted and can leave the theater without having to confront any unpleasant truths. But that, that's the, the crux of it, right? Yeah. So the, the, so the term that this author used was blackwashing. But really, what this is... The recasting of these these white slave owners with black people playing them. It's just whitewashing. It's blackface. Yeah, it's, yeah, a it's, new, it's, it's a new it's a new form of blackface, right? And it's completely you know it's it's like is, is is Miranda just a CIA operative? It's just it's like a new way to rewrite history in ways that people, you know, it, it's like this this came out right around the time that Black Lives Matter started, and you think like, well, how do we distract from that? How do we make the the, the plight of black people seem like it's, you know, all sunshiny and happy. Have a hit Broadway play where we recast the slave owners as black people and we don't talk about slavery. I think I think a lot can be explained about Lin-Manuel Miranda when you find out they graduated from Wesleyan. I think that's actually a same same uh, alma mater yeah. as Joss Whedon. Um, so, he, OK, so I have a lot of thoughts on this because. Sure, sure. You know, so thoughts. on So a couple just quick things, you know. I would say I was a theater kid when I was younger, but I was a pseudo theater kid. You know, I did plays in elementary and middle school. Uh, I didn't do them in high school because I played football and that would have <laughs> been, been pretty incongruous. But um, I've always enjoyed, the, put it this way, I've always enjoyed, you know, Broadway. You know, I, I went when I was younger to a couple. I saw, you know, Phantom on Broadway and shit like that. So, I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm pretty inclined to like musical theater, you know, as much as a straight white guy can like musical theater. Um the Hamilton, I when the soundtrack came out, when, you know when it first came out, I really enjoyed it because uh, it, it, here's the thing about Hamilton: it's insidious because the music is actually, for the most part, really good. You know, Lin Manuel Miranda is not a great singer, but he actually did a you know the smart thing you do when you're not super talented is you surround yourself with extremely talented people. Um, the the guy who plays Thomas Jefferson, David Diggs, is this great. Uh, rapper who's in this uh, New York City rap group uh, rap group called Clipping, and they just do like 
rap, but all of the music is just like found audio. Like nothing they do is produced. It's all like they'll record like the the sound the subway like makes as it swishes by, and then like mix that into it. Like they do they do really interesting shit, and he's like a great like rapper. So they, they he took him to play Jefferson, uh, Jonathan Groff, who is the uh, lead on um, Mindhunter. You know, he's like the, the young guy on Mindhunter. Yeah. He plays King George. Like, there's a lot of really talented people in the cast. And they're all really good at, you know, at singing and, you know, so, et cetera, et cetera. And as a narrative, if it was totally divorced from actual history, if this was just a made-up play about, you know, random people in a fictional country, it's not a bad play. Like, it's 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 well put together. And it's insidious because you get into it, you know, musically and, and narratively. And when you think about it, it's the actual messages that the play is trying to put forth are, are atrocious. Like Alexander Hamilton was uh, basically the inv- the founder of Wall Street. He basically created it. He was kind of, you know, an elitist douchebag who hated the pores uh would you know thomas jefferson for all the bad shit about him actually you know w- w- he was he was more of a pseudo right-wing populist but he was like an actual populist where he you know actually wanted to to, to you know uh, he 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 had ideas he had some decent ideas put it, put it that way and Raping his slaves was not one of them by the no, way no that was not one of them no again not and nobody f- who's uh given focus in this play is a particularly good person. Um, and it, but the whole way it portrays him is, is like the, he's like the villain of the, of the second act of the play. And his whole beef with Hamilton was that he was just like, you're a fucking elitist and you just want to, you know, take everyone's money and put it into this big national bank. And I just want to have, let people keep their money. And, you know, it's, it, it's just a, it just has really insidious. Like I, I, I get the whole CIA level thing where people think it's just like a, like a psyop, but I just think he's just like a really like goofy uh, liberal who grew up watching the West Wing and thought that that was what Washington actually is and or should be like. And he basically kind of wrote this play based on that. Like if you watch oh, the West yeah, Wing, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the uh, West Wing was a CIA psyop too. I mean, yeah, well, no, that, 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 no, that's nothing, true. nothing that that is political on television is an accident. Right. Yeah, there, yeah. There's always a motive. Right. And we know that, you know, as long as they've been in business, the CIA understands the power of mass media. Right. And and they don't you know, they don't do propaganda the way that, you know, maybe China or North Korea does. They do it on a much more subtle level where it's it's injected into every facet of pop culture. You know, look at look at the all the Marvel movies, all the Transformer movies like it's it's all you know, it's it's constantly there in a low level to the point where you don't even notice it anymore. And you're like, what propaganda? We don't have any state propaganda. It's like, it's, it's because yeah. it's constant. Like, the, like this fucking woman who was running for, for uh, the Senate who uh, owns a, a WNBA team uh, who says that, uh, you know, we shouldn't have politics and sports. Meanwhile, she's constantly bringing up that she doesn't want her team to honor Black Lives Matter when she's on Fox News as an appearance where she's running for office. Like, she's literally saying, oh, we don't politicize sports, really? You play the national anthem. You have the Marines there with the color guard. Like, it's, there's no fucking, there's no professional sport in this country that's not politicized with, with you know, well, in, in, infused with, with you know, right-wing imperialist propaganda. Well, you know what's funny about that? It, it, sports have always been politicized. I mean, and, you know, again, we talk about the great revolutionaries 
who came from sports, people like Muhammad Ali, who, you know, was, was the biggest fuck, one of, maybe the biggest like person, like sports personality in the world, you know, at the time, uh, oh, came he, was out the most, he was the most famous person in the world yeah, at all. Yeah. It was, that's, it was like, true. they did, there was like some worldwide survey. It's like him and the Beatles, basically. Yeah, no, it was, I think it was uh, Chairman Mao and Muhammad Ali were the two <laughs> most famous, famous people in the world in like 1966 or something. Yeah. Both of whom have, have you know, <laughs> Chairman Mao, of course, they sing about in Revolution. And then, of course, the Beatles did meet Muhammad Ali. So that's funny. Uh, right. But no, so, uh, it, and and he, you know, was was vocally out, you know, outspoken in his opposition to the Vietnam War, so much so that he, you know, was uh, jailed for it. He went, uh, he was banned from boxing for a couple of years, like his prime years. Um, sports have always been political. And th- unfortunately, in this country, you know, especially post 9-11, but I, I think even, you know, really starting kind of in the 80s, like, you know, the Reagan era, uh, you know, cool conservatism, quote unquote, which is hilarious in retrospect. But that for some reason was really pervasive in pop culture in the 80s. Um, it, sports have, have been extremely right wing and, and you know, so much so that that's considered the default by by, you know, the man babies that you know, are right wingers who watch sports so that the second anyone like, you know, introduces an opposition to already, you know, established, uh, you know, oh, well, of course, we're going to have the national anthem before every sports game. Of course, we're going to have the color guard presented and we're going to have a fucking, you know, military flyover by jets that fucking kill people in other countries, you know, for no reason other than, you know, natural resource extraction. The second people started pushing back on that, they're like, why are you trying to politicize our extremely politicized ceremonies around fucking sports? Like, it's just, they can't fathom that, that, that you oh. know, it's it's the whole like, oh, things are changing and I don't want them to change on a macro scale, basically. No, it's just people are talking about the thing that's always been there and they don't like it. Uh, you yeah. know, and there's the same people that are furious that people are throwing bottles and cans at the police. It's like, you didn't like it when fucking Kaepernick was taking a knee and protesting peacefully. So this is the alternative. Like, yeah. y- y- you could have just been gone along with it and been like, you know what? That we, sh- we should do something about white supremacy in this country. But nope. They said, nope, racism doesn't exist. And peaceful protests, we don't like that during sports. We don't like politicizing that. And, then, you know, it's, it's like, you know, if you, those that make a peaceful protest impossible make... Throwing cans at cops, more problems. But <laughs> <laughs> so. well, hey, and if you don't like people throwing cans at cops, wait till I tell you about some of the things that have been going on. With Wait till you get a load of what the cops have been doing for the last uh, hundred years in this country. Yeah. Well, and, and all the cops up on that, that surrounding that statue were bike cops and all had helmets on, except for the supervisor. <laughs> so if he would have been wearing his bike helmet, he wouldn't have gotten hurt. So let that be That's a lesson. They're made for. <laughs> I don't encourage wearing a helmet unless, unless you're a cop getting cans thrown at your head <laughs> yeah <laughs> not, not really not really that was that go go watch the video on my page i'm the only person <laughs> that got the the footage i mean i'm the only so person good. that put it online if this cop getting beamed in the back of the head and uh you know, so you don't a, wear well you're really city biking so you don't really need a helmet i guess right no i mean if you're doing like downhill off-road rock hopping yeah. type stuff absolutely yeah, yeah. you know if you're racing absolutely but you don't need a fucking helmet to go grocery shopping (laughs) like it's not (laughs) not that necessary and it's not going to do anything if if a car fucking hits you it's it's only safety rated for if you just literally fall off your bike from a standing position it's not designed to save you from impact from actually riding a bike 
uh, or getting hit by a car. It's not going to do anything to help you. But um, I, I don't I don't ever really promote it or uh, discourage it. I just think that it's you know people should do what they feel comfortable with. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, just <laughs> I don't even remember what we're talking about, but that's but yeah. So I I mean I think we we pretty much hit everything we wanted to hit. Do you have any anything else you wanted to? So yeah, we were talking about cops and uh, we we're talking about sports and and there's it just reminding me of that meme. Uh, that says, uh, gangs suck, jocks suck, cops are both. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to be any of those things, but especially not the one that's both of them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Yeah, all right, well, uh, on that note, uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, If you want to support the show, obviously, uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us move up and down the rating. Uh, You know, the last couple of weeks we've done some movie shows so if you want to check those out we did uh t2 terminator 2 a couple weeks ago dun, 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 dun. just just the best action movie of all time and it still holds up and like is not at all you know it, it's still it's still enjoyable to watch that for the 500th time as it was for you know the first time i saw it yeah and it has a really great um, uh anti-cop message to it if you yeah. if you know where to look and we talk a, a bunch about that on that yeah, uh, review podcast pretty, pretty extensively about that uh, and then uh, last week I, or two weeks ago, uh, we uh, reviewed Drive, uh, the the 2011 uh, Ryan Gosling uh, neo noir classic. Neo noir. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. Uh, and you know, we'll probably be doing another one uh, coming up in the in, in the next. You know, keep an eye out for yeah. the next one. Should be coming up soon. And this is the first and... political cast we've done in almost a month. Um, we've taken a little break, but uh, hopefully, we're going to be getting back to a weekly uh, political review here. As we get closer yeah, to the election, um, going forward, I, yeah, I, I would think maybe starting in August we'll be we'll be getting back to that. Um, yeah. And yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash Move Left. Uh, we uh, have a Facebook page where you can go and uh, yell at the liberals in our mentions. Facebook.com/slash Move Left Idiots. <laughs> Um, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash move left merch available at tinyurl.com slash move left merch. Oh yeah. Uh, I saw there was a, there was a guy who responded uh, positively to that uh, thing about John Lewis. Uh, and I noticed in his, his profile picture, he's wearing a move left idiots tank top. So, uh, props to that guy for listening. Well, and he, and he had his baby in a move left idiots onesie. Did you see that? It was like, Oh no, I didn't see that. I didn't notice that. That's awesome. (laughs) Raising raising a new generation of socialists. Yeah. So that, 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 that really, that warmed my heart. That was cool to see. So, um, yeah. So, uh, that's tinyurl.com slash move left merch. Uh, we, uh, I'm on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Bike Slutty. Yep, we'll see you next time. Fuck 12.
to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now?